to him for all that he's done for him. Let's shout to the Lord this morning our praise and our worship. Stand with me as we sing.
Good morning, Brinesburg. And we are here for that reason, to shout to the Lord, to lift up the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're so glad that you are here this morning for just that reason. And for those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you this morning. And again, I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Brinesburg Baptist Church. Uh, if you're joining us on Facebook Live, there in the comments section, if you would, put your name in there. We'd love to know who's with us uh, on Sundays. And so uh, if you do that, and maybe even a prayer request that you might have, any way that we could communicate with you would be great. And I uh, love the fact that you're worshiping with us today. For those of you, this may be your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg. We want to welcome you as well. And there in your pew, there will be a card. If you'll take that out and fill it out and then place that in the offering plate that is on the large table in the foyer. Uh, helps us know of your attendance, but more important than just knowing of your attendance, we want to know how we can minister to you and your family and uh, how we can reach out and communicate with you. And uh, we appreciate you uh, filling that out for us. We want to welcome you today as well. So we have a lot going on as we've entered into fall and uh, very excited about the opportunities that we're going to have uh, to share the gospel and to invite folks to church and to some special events over the next few weeks. And uh, ju just because um, I know how you people are on fall break, you take off, all right? So I want to go over a few things uh, because right as we get back from fall break, we're going to have some things going on. I want to make sure that we've got uh, every everything communicated. And so next Sunday night uh, will be our Lord's Supper. And so we want you to be a part of that and remind you of that. But then also starting on uh, the 16th, the first night of our revival, uh, we're going to be having a fellowship meal. Uh, we're going to be having Brother Wes Fowler. Uh, he's the pastor at First Baptist Church of Mayfield. And of course, if there's any church that knows what our community is going through, it's First Baptist Church of Mayfield as uh, their, their building was very damaged. Um, uh, they haven't been able to meet there since December the 10th. Uh, and so he's going to be coming and sharing and, and kind of knows what we're going through. And I believe he has the heart to be able to reach our community uh, specifically uh, right now. Uh, but on that first night of revival, that Sunday night, uh, we're going to be having a fellowship meal following the service. So the service will start at normal time of a Sunday night service, which is 6 o'clock. But then right after, we'll have a finger food fellowship meal uh, to follow that service, kind of the, as the big kickoff of, of our first service of revival. But then every night of revival at 6 o'clock, there'll be meals Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Now, those are specific meals, and uh, you'll see in your bulletin uh, each night and the specifics of each night. But what I want you to focus on is that Sunday night. You have to bring food that Sunday night, okay? That's very important. Otherwise, we're not going to have anything. So it's a finger food fellowship. And uh, we want you to bring finger foods. So if you can eat it with your fingers, you can bring it, okay? But want to make that clear that we are bringing food on Sunday night. The other nights will be catered for the specific uh, groups that are going to be kind of targeted on each of those nights. Uh, but we want to make that very clear. If you've got any questions, come see me, and I'll give you things that I like to eat, okay? And, and, and we'll, have, we'll have plenty that way. Uh, but do, uh, do, do notice that. And then, of course, we've got uh, that time of year coming up for our shoe box uh, donations. And uh, a, lot, a lot going on with that, as well as our KBC backpacks and the toy drive for Frida Harris. It seems like it's early, but uh, in order to get all those things together and get them where they need to be uh, by Christmas, those, those drives have started right now. And so make sure that you're focused on those things. Certainly do want to lift up um, the many who are on our prayer list again this week. And I'm sure that you had many others in your Sunday school classes that you've added. And I want to lift up each of those needs and recognize that many of those are physical needs. Many of those are health 
uh, needs, um, but even more important than our physical health needs clearly are the needs of our brothers uh, and sisters and our family members, our spouse, our neighbor, our coworker, our classmate who is lost and needs Christ. And so we want to pray for them this week as well. And I know many of us are praying for our warm. Many of us are praying for the opportunity to have that gospel conversation, opportunity to invite. And we want to continue to lift those needs up and put those at the forefront of our mind um, that those who do not yet have a relationship with Christ, that we might be able to share the gospel and that we might see them come to know Jesus. And so with that in mind, let's go to the Lord this morning in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us once again on this Sunday morning to come and to lift up our hearts and our voices to you in praise, to come before you boldly and to intercede on behalf of, of those that we love and we care about and, and to lift up their needs, whether those be physical needs or relational needs or financial needs, but most importantly, these spiritual needs, the needs of so many around us that are lost. Lord, we realize that we live in the midst of a county where sometimes we don't think about that. Uh, we don't think about the needs of the lost because we think, well, everybody goes to church. But clearly that's not the case. We've got folks that we encounter on a daily basis that we have relationship with, and they need to know you. So Lord, help our conversations not be consumed with things that are going to be here today and gone tomorrow, but help us to focus on the gospel. Help us to focus on that which will last for eternity. And so, Lord, this morning, Lord, prepare our hearts right now for your word to be proclaimed, Lord. I know you have a word for each and every one of us. You have a word for our friends who are here today and they don't know you. And, Lord, I believe that you want to save many this morning. But, Lord, also for us that have that relationship with Christ, you have a word to encourage us, to correct us, to equip us for your service, Lord. Lord, we love you. Have your will and have your way this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh. 
this morning as we come to our time of prayer here at the altar. Uh, perhaps there's a need on your heart this morning. Perhaps it's a, a need, a physical need. Maybe it's a need of a loved one who you know needs to know Christ. Um, but you know that that's just been laid upon your heart for a reason. The Lord wants you to come. He wants you to spend some time with him. Uh, maybe interceding for another. And we, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. Uh, recognizing that there are many things probably going on in our hearts and in our minds right now. Uh, but we want to be focused on what Christ has to say to us this morning. And so we want to lay down whatever those burdens might be right now. That we might be able to hear clearly from him. And so this morning... With every head bowed, with all eyes closed, we want you to know this altar is open this morning. Come, let's spend some time in prayer together. Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we thank you for the fact that we know that you are the God who cares about our every situation and circumstance of life. Lord, when this world and the burdens of this world and the trials of this world seem to be too great, Lord, we know that you are there. And Lord, that you remind us that we don't have to carry the load. We don't have to keep it on our shoulders, but that we can take it off and we can lay it down at the foot of the cross. And that we truly can trust you with it. So whether it be a broken relationship, whether it be a financial issue, whether it be a, a very difficult health diagnosis, whether it be the lost condition of a loved one, Lord, we know that you can meet us at the point of our need. And Lord, this morning we lift up every one of those issues, knowing that, Lord, you are the answer. No matter what it is, the answer is our Jesus. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand as we celebrate and worship that precious name. Use everything to us. Here we go. Let's sing it. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glory.
about those words as our choir goes down. You may be seated. mother's 105th birthday so I, I think about her on her birthday all the time she's in heaven now uh, and she certainly was someone I looked up to and um, by the goodness of God I'll see her again one day and so when um, I thought about singing today I thought about the goodness of God so um, if you know this song I would love for you to sing along with me.
Amen. Thank you, Hannah. And isn't that the truth? Whatever we're going through, that we can sing of the goodness of God, that we can sing about his grace, we can sing of his mercy, we can sing of what he is doing in our lives. Praise the Lord. How many of you have had the opportunity to uh, go on a flight here lately? Anybody? Okay, a few hands, a few hands. Isn't that just a relaxing destination that you, man, if you have, then you know what I'm talking about. When I was a kid, I mean, going on, flying somewhere was a treat. I mean, I, we didn't do it much, um, but I remember we, we, we went to a few places, went to California one time, I had to fly, went to Colorado one time and we had to fly, and I just remember thinking, this is just awesome. You know why? Because I didn't have to ha do anything in the planning process, and so it was just about me uh, getting on that plane. I always, you know, kind of elbowed my way to the window seat, and I got to just sit there and enjoy the sights. I didn't really have to worry about any of the preparation. I didn't concern myself with any of the details. However, as an adult, I realize now how much goes into being flight ready. I mean, this thing is a process. First of all, there's the whole planning process, the selecting of a date for the flight. Uh, which carrier do I want to fly on for this trip? Um, how much am I willing to pay? Because there's a, like a, a difference of about $500 if you're willing to go at 6 a.m. versus at a normal, reasonable time. Uh, I mean, it, it's just crazy. And then the ticketing process. You better make sure that however your parents put your name on your birth certificate, that that's the way it reads on that ticket or you're not getting on the flight when, when the day comes. And then secondly, there is the packing for the flight. Isn't that a joy now? Now you can't take any liquids, so I, I guess we're not supposed to brush our teeth or anything else anymore. Uh, you, you can't take any liquids of any kind on the plane with you, so you got to think about where you pack things. Certainly you can't have any sharp objects of any kind. Uh, you have to think about that. Your bags have to measure a specific size. Uh, you have, so you have to get out your tape measure and, and figure out what size your suitcases are. And so that all goes into the process. And then the day of the flight comes. There's the day of where your identification must be correct or you will not be allowed on the flight. You must have not only the ID, but the proper type of ID or you will be denied boarding privileges. And so being flight ready for a vacation, being flight ready for a business trip means being prepared. Being flight ready to meet Jesus, don't you believe that might be more important? That we might want to make some preparations to make sure that we're flight ready? So this morning, with that in mind, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. And we're going to look at verses 42 through 44 on this very topic, flight ready. And as you turn there this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, help me, Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to come together once again, to praise you through song, to pray together, to worship, Lord, to study your word. Lord, I know you want to speak to us in a powerful way this morning about the rapture 
and about what that means for, the, for us who have a relationship with you, but also for what that means for our friends who are here who do not yet have a relationship with you. And that this is of the greatest, greatest importance. There's a lot of things that could be on our minds this morning. There's a lot of things we could be thinking about. But nothing's more important than asking ourselves, are we ready for that day? Are we flight ready for your return for your church? Lord, help this message to be clear. And in order for that to take place, Lord, once again, hide me behind the cross. That only you would be seen and only you would be heard this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, last week, this uh, last sermon that we looked at, um, we considered the events that are still in the future, uh, that are seen here in chapter 24 of Matthew's gospel. And you'll remember that the disciples had asked the Lord when they could expect the end of the world. And Jesus tells them of the events that will transpire in those last days. That was seen in verses 4 through 35. And then in verses 36 through 51, Jesus makes a plea for men and women and boys and girls to be ready to meet him when he comes, to be flight ready. Now, the second coming of Jesus, again, I want to remind you of this. This is so important. The second coming of Jesus is a two-part event. Part one of this event is called the rapture. At this time, Jesus is going to call all those who have received him as Savior to come home to heaven. He's going to call the church home. He will receive those believers who have already died first. They will go. And he will take those who are living on to heaven as well with him forever. Part two takes place seven years later. This event will see the return of Jesus Christ in great power. And in great glory, he will descend upon the world, defeating his enemies, and he will establish his kingdom upon this earth. He will personally rule in peace and in harmony for a thousand years on this earth. Of these two events, neither can be said to be more important than the other in the eternal scope of things. However, to those of us who are alive today, those of us who are sitting here this morning or on television or Facebook Live watching, the rapture is of the utmost importance. Why? Because it is the next event on the prophetic calendar of God, and it will take place, period. There is no question about it. It's coming, and it's coming quickly, my friends. In fact, it could happen before the end of this sermon. It could happen before the next sentence. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen next week. It could happen a month from now. It could happen a year from now. But there is nothing keeping Jesus from coming and rapturing his church at any moment. Nothing. It could happen at any time. Therefore, it is imperative that we understand the great need of being ready to meet the Lord when he comes. And so my desire this morning is to tell you what the Bible teaches about this event that we refer to as the rapture. And in doing so, I hope to show you the importance of being ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Because just as sure as we are sitting here this morning, he is going to return. So let us take just a few minutes this morning to investigate this matter of the rapture. And ask the question, are you flight ready? 
Please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 24. Let's look at verses 42 through 44. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. You may be seated. So when we think about the rapture, when we think about what's going to take place, the first thing we must understand is it will be sudden. Paul gives us a vivid picture of the rapture when he writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52, when he says, Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of the eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The rapture will take place, he says, in the twinkling of an eye. The blink of the eye has been calculated as being one-fiftieth of a second. A twinkling is even faster than that. The point is that there will be absolutely no time for you to prepare. Either a person at that moment will be ready at the instant that Jesus comes for the church, or they will not be ready. Scripture clearly teaches us that we are not to count on there being another day to get ready, but that we should be saved and that we should be saved today, that this is the proper day. First, or 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For as saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What the Lord is telling us is there will be no announcements made. There's going to be no um, advertisements placed on the billboards around town. There's not going to be anything put up on Facebook. The Lord will come and go for his church in a split second. There will be no time to prepare. The computer world has a time span known as the nanosecond. The nanosecond is one one billionth of a second. So if mankind, through his technology, can achieve this, what can the Lord with his infinite power do when it comes to an instantaneous event taking place? May I remind you that right now is the only time that we have guaranteed, the only time that you can guarantee you can make a decision for Christ is in the here and in the now. It's right at this moment. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only spendable asset that you have. So if you haven't yet made a decision for Christ, now is the acceptable time, the Lord tells us. But secondly, we're told that it will be solemn. Solemn because all those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ will be left behind. Again, because it'll be too late. Luke 17, 34 through 36, I tell you in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken, the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. What's Jesus' point here? After the rapture, there's going to be people 
who are going to be looking for missing people. They're going to say, I don't know what happened. They were here and then they were gone. All that was left was just the clothing that had been on them and it was just left right where they were. I don't understand what has happened. And they're going to look for them, but they will never see them again because they're gone. They've been raptured. Mothers will be separated from children, husbands from their wives. Luke 12, 42 through 48. Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in, thy, in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and the maidens and to eat and to drink and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and he will cut him asunder and he will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did not commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. So what's the point here? The point here is that we have been given much. We've been given opportunities through Sunday school and through discipleship and through preaching and through revivals and through things we've heard on the radio and song. We've, given, we've been given so many opportunities to prepare. It teaches us that today is the same time to, prepar- to prepare. There's not going to be another moment You need to be prepared today. And if you know to do what is right, if you know the decision needs to be made and you refuse to make it, you're guilty of sin. James tells us in James 4.17, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you're sitting here this morning, you know what is right. You know you need a relationship with Christ. You know you don't need to put it off another day. And to do so, to know that you need Christ and to say, I'm going to make a decision at a later date, but not today, is sin. And it's a sin that will cause you to spend eternity in hell, continually denying Christ. And so it'll be a solemn time. It'll be a solemn time because the rapture will signal the beginning of the great tribulation. And think about what we talked about last week, what what that time will be. It'll be a time of deception. It'll be a time of disease. It'll be a time of death. It'll be a time of demons. It'll be a time of destruction. It'll be a time of dishonor. It will be a solemn time. But then thirdly, we see that it will be shocking. It will be shocking. There will be people expecting to go at the rapture. Expecting to go with the redeemed. But instead, they will be left behind because they were not trusting in Christ. Matthew 7, 21 through 22. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out de- devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. People who are counting on many wonderful works, getting them to heaven will not be in heaven you see people have false hope for heaven but do not be deceived God knows the heart Psalm 44 verse 21 shall not God search this out for he knoweth the secrets of 
the heart. He knows who we are truly trusting in, what we are truly trusting in. And there is only one way to salvation this morning. And it is not through your good works. And it's not through your walking of an aisle. It's not through your being baptized. It's not through you being a Baptist. It's not through you being the son, the daughter, the grandson, the granddaughter of a great Christian man or woman. It is about Christ and Christ alone. John 3, 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 7. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. This new birth that Jesus talks about can only come through one person, and that is through the person, the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Acts 4.12 tells us that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And when it is obtained, it carries with it some priceless guarantees. This relationship with Christ gives, gives us guarantees that can be taken to the bank. Most of you know John 3.16. And there's a great promise. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, shall not experience the second death, but have everlasting life. Shall not experience the second death, but shall spend an eternity in heaven. John 14, 1 through 3. Great promise. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. The first promise. I go to prepare a place for you. The Lord gave us a guarantee, a promise. I have gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, secondly, I will come again. That's the second promise. Not only has he gone to prepare a place, but he will return for his bride, the church. And if you are a believer, you're a part of that bride. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So not only has he gone to prepare a place, not only has he promised to return, but he has promised that we will dwell with him there. That that will be our home. That we are going to move into the Father's house. And oh, what a day that will be. But only if you are flight ready. So don't be shocked after the rapture. Be sure for the rapture today. 2 Peter 1.10 Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. What we're being told here is, is if you have a relationship with Jesus, you're ready. But if you, if you can't clearly articulate, yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus. If you can't know that in your heart, that you know Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ knows you in a personal way, then you need to get ready. He says, search your heart. Peter says, search your heart. Paul says, search your heart. Do you have a relationship with Christ? Are you ready? But fourthly, it will be satisfying. There will be a joyful reunion on that day. For so many of us, we have loved ones who are already home. 
We have moms, we have dads, we have sons, we have daughters. We have brothers, we have sisters, we have friends, and they're already home. And we look forward to the day where we get to see them. But more importantly, we look forward to the day where we get to see our Savior Jesus Christ face to face. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Our loved ones who are already with the Lord will experience that bodily resurrection first. And they will receive that perfect resurrected body as of like Christ. They will get to experience it first. And then he says, and then we which are alive and remain will join them. We will have that great homecoming day when we will all join together and be called home. Loved ones, saints of old, Jesus, the Heavenly Father, will all be there together. There will be eternal blessings. We will ever be with the Lord. There will be only good things there. Revelation 21, 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Oh, how I long for home. Won't that be an amazing day? There will be new bodies, as I spoke of. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 53, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this cup corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. No more death, no more disease, no more aging, no more pain. We will have resurrected bodies. It means that we're not going to have to worry about the aches and the pains and the struggles that come with these bodies. And if you're very old at all, you've begun to experience the aches and the pains and the struggles that come with these bodies. But no more with a resurrected body. Perfect, like our Lord's. There will be a new home. There's a new term being used, especially in some of our bigger cities, for those who are homeless. Homeless sounds so bad. You don't want to say you have a homeless problem. And so the word, the phraseology that's being used is residentially transient. It's a better ring to it, doesn't it? I'm not homeless. I'm residentially transient. But basically, to be residentially transient, simply put, means to not yet have your permanent home. 
to not yet be established in your permanent home. Therefore, you are residentially transient. The Israelites, as they wandered for 40 years, were residentially transient. They had not yet found their home. They were still wandering. They were still in search of it. We too are residentially transient. We are pilgrims here today. But church, this is not our home. And I'm glad it's not. But yet, unlike many homeless in America today, we do know the destination of our forever home. We know exactly where it is, and we know exactly who it is that is preparing it for us. Our home is in heaven, and the one preparing for it for us is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he has promised to come back for us, and he will take us to that home. One day we will go home and we will live in heaven forever with streets of gold and no more night and no more sin and no more curse. Nothing but glory forever. It's satisfying to know that I have been made ready for that home. Not through good deeds, not through good works, not through being a Baptist preacher. But through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and my relationship with him. I've been made ready for that home. Are you ready? But then lastly, it will be sad. You say, well, Brother Brad, after everything you just said, how can it be sad? It will be sad. Why? Why sad? Because there are those who are sitting here with us this morning that we love dearly. Who are not ready to meet Jesus. If he were to come right now. My friend, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you would never have another opportunity to be saved. It would be over. You would be going through the tribulation. If the rapture takes place in the next moment, if it were to happen right now, we'd never get to see you again. Because you wouldn't be going with us. Not without a relationship with Christ. No matter how you look at it, that's a sad thing because many of us have loved ones who are not ready. However, you can be made ready. If you're not ready this morning, you can be made ready. All you must do is come to Jesus by faith, repenting of your sins and trusting in Him and Him alone for your salvation. And He will keep you and He will make you ready. He will make you flight ready for your home in heaven. You'll be ready for His return. And for the flight that his people are going to take that day. I look forward to the rapture. I tell you what, I, more and more every day I'm looking forward to the rapture. It will be a time of, of freedom for me. I will simply leave this broken world and I'm going to leave its problems. Oh, it's got problems. I'm going to leave its sin. I'm going to leave what death leaves behind. And the hurt and the pain. And I'm going to ascend to heaven with my Lord. And I'm going to be in heaven where I'm going to enjoy the presence of my Lord. And I'm going to enjoy some saints that I've been missing. I'm looking forward to that day. The question is, are you ready? Are you flock ready this morning? If Jesus came right now, would you be ready to go or would you be left to endure the tribulation? Are you ready? 
You can be made ready. You say, I don't know, there's so many people here and I, I'm not sure. You can be made ready. Just come. Say, I don't know all the answers. You don't have to. That's what we're here for. We got folks that love to talk to you. And we'll open up the word of God. It has the answer. It's a relationship with Jesus. You repent of your sins. You turn away from those sins. You put your faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And you will be made flight ready this morning. Do you want to do that this morning? If you want to make that decision today, we're here. Maybe you need to come. You need to pray for a loved one. You need to pray for a grandson, granddaughter, a son, a daughter, a spouse, a brother, a sister, whoever it may be. You need to come. You need to intercede on their behalf because the rapture is closer today than it was yesterday. And we're given no guarantees that we'll have tomorrow. Let's have those gospel conversations today. Let's get ready today. Let's make sure our loved ones are ready today. Let's rejoice when he comes. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and I thank you. I thank you for the rapture. I thank you for the promise that you have made that it is coming. That that beautiful day when you are going to return for your church is coming. But Lord, we also are burdened for our loved ones who aren't yet ready. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that we would see people come to know you as Savior and as Lord. Lord, that we would be made flight ready, that we would be ready to hear that sound of that trumpet. And we'd be ready to go with you to, to our home in heaven to spend eternity. Lord, again, hide me behind the cross. Get me out of the way. Lord, you do the work right now that only you can do in the hearts and lives of folks who need to make decisions. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come?